Hey everyone, my name is Davis and welcome to the sixth episode of the Airballers podcast. This week has been incredibly tough for Grizzlies fans as just to begin the week we had Tyus. It came out that he had some knee soreness and is going to be missing the next week. He missed the Blazers, Spurs, and Pelicans game and could very much miss the Jazz game and who knows how many other games. We lost the Blazers game, we lost the Spurs game, and we lost the Pelicans game. And it came out earlier today that Jaron Jackson Jr. will be out for the rest of the season because of a torn meniscus. So the bubble has not been treating the Grizzlies well as we have yet to find any success in our seeding games and with the loss of Jaron and Tyus for the foreseeable future, that success is going to be even harder to find. The Grizzlies are no stranger to adversity and losses as before the season was suspended in March, Brandon Clark and Jaron Jackson Jr. missed a considerable amount of games due to injury. During that time, we still had team success and won games, most notably the Lakers game, back on February 29th. In order for the Grizzlies to remain in playoff contention, we definitely need to win at least one or two games in order to be at least the ninth seed. With the two lowest Western Conference seeding teams in the bubble having considerable team success, with the Suns winning all three of their games, including wins over the Mavericks and the Clippers, and with the Spurs winning two of their last three games, including a win over the Grizzlies, we definitely need to be wary of who's under us and who can still beat us in the playoff contention. At this moment, it is no longer looking like just the Pelicans or just the Trailblazers hot on our tail. Now we have four teams instead of two teams on our tail, with the Kings most likely not going to be doing that well because of all their injuries. Though the Grizzlies have to consider a lot in terms of seedings and standings, we just need to simply focus on the goal, which is winning. These next five games are going to be incredibly hard as we are going against five amazing teams in the NBA. So before I talk about the Utah game on Wednesday, I want to recap the Spurs game and the Pelicans game. To recap, the Pelicans and the Spurs episodes I talked about with the Spurs and Pelicans game having to focus on fouls and fouling and the three-point shot. Though in both games, the Grizzlies did really good in terms of making the free throws with getting over 80% from the line in both games, they did really poorly in terms of drawing fouls and getting fouled. In the Spurs game, we only shot 18 free throws while the Spurs shot 33 free throws. And in the Pelicans game, we shot 15 free throws while the Pelicans shot 39 free throws. The Grizzlies were allowing the opponents to draw whatever fouls they want exactly how they wanted, whether it was drives or three-point plays or whatever. The Grizzlies just did extremely poorly in terms of fouling. The Grizzlies are about to go against five really good teams, and if we allow them to draw the fouls that they want to draw, then we're going to get outscored by large margins. This is just how it goes with young teams, and the Grizzlies are an extremely young team, the youngest team in the league, even though a lot of people like to forget that. But in order to raise our ceiling and raise our floor, we need to get very disciplined in terms of drawing fouls and getting fouled. Another thing I want to recap in those Spurs and Pelicans episodes was three-pointers. In these two games, I was getting a lot of flashbacks from early season where we were jacking up threes but not making them. But throughout the season, we became more disciplined and didn't shoot as many threes because that is simply just not our strong suit. In that Spurs game, we shot 7 of 30 from 3 or 23%. And in Pelicans, we shot 12 of 43 or 28%. After a certain point, this team just needs to understand that they're cold and just stick to what they're good at. In that Pelicans game, there was not nearly enough jaw drives. He was just jacking up threes instead of sticking to what he was good at, and that could have been the reason why we lost that game. And when it came to defending threes, I thought we just regressed back to how we were in that 76ers scrimmage, where we were barely protecting the perimeter and just allowing guys to shoot and make uncontested shots. These two games were just very disappointing in terms of fouling and three-pointers. 
in that Pelicans game, we were clearly just cold because we had a lot of good looks, a lot of good shots, a lot of good finds, a lot of good passes to open guys, but we simply just weren't making those shots. Grayson Allen was keeping us in the game the entire time as he made a lot of threes. Overall, if we want to do good against Utah and these four other great teams, then we're going to need to be more disciplined in fouling, and we're going to need to be shooting good three-pointers and making sure we're making them. And if we're not making them, then stick to what we're good at. We shouldn't be trying to shoot the three and then constantly be turning over the ball because we missed the shots, giving the other team more possessions. So overall, I just felt like we really regressed in these last two games, both on the offensive side of the ball and especially the defensive side of the ball. So in order to do really good in these next two games without Jaron, without Tyus, we're going to have to be really disciplined defensively, offensively, fouling, three-pointers, just all of it. The next thing that I wanted to recap from that Spurs episode was pace. Overall, I really don't have a lot of complaints when it comes to pace. I felt like we did really good. We were a little bit more disciplined in terms of waiting out the shot clock, making sure we made good shots. Like I said earlier, we had a lot of good looks. We had a lot of good uncontested shots, but we just weren't making them. Obviously, Dylan had the few drives where he would drive to the basket, make contested shots, and turn over the ball. But it was said on the broadcast that Taylor Jenkins did have a conversation with Dylan after that devastating Spurs loss, and that Dylan is starting to fit more into the role and starting to understand how to make the team better through his performance. So overall, I really don't have a lot of complaints in terms of pace. I felt like we did a lot better, especially in that Pelicans game. And in the end, we were shooting open looks, good shots. We just weren't making them. And finally, in the Pelicans episode, I talked about Zion Williamson. Zion's going to do Zion things. Zion's going to dominate. He's going to dominate the paint. He's going to dominate anyone he goes through, even someone like Jonas. And he did exactly that. Though he played limited minutes, he made the most out of them. And in that fourth quarter, when they let him free, he went off. And that, in the end, made us lose the game. We are honestly doing a lot of good things in terms of Zion, in terms of plugging up the paint, trying to close off the driving lens. And a lot of times Zion would start to drive and then he would have to kick it out to a guy because three guys made a wall of bodies plugging up the paint and so he wasn't able to drive. But other than that, I feel like we did really good in terms of guarding Zion as much as we can, but we're still going to get fouled by Zion because that's just what he does. He's going to still drive and be dominant in the paint. So in the end, there was really not a lot to do in terms of guarding Zion and I felt like we did really good. He just got the best of us because he had a fantastic night. So with these last few podcasts talking about Spurs, Pelicans, Blazers, Heat, Rockets, Sixers, everything, every critique that I've said for all these teams, I feel like peaks at this Utah game. This Utah team is fundamentally very strong. Everything that I said that we need to do better for all the other teams before is going to be tested at this Utah game. This Utah team is great at the perimeter. They're great at the paint. They're great at drives. They're very disciplined in terms of fouling. So everything that I've said before is going to be put to test at this game. And with that being said, the first main thing that I want to talk about is drives. After rewatching the three games against Utah this season from November and December, I could really see Portland in terms of how their offense very much centered around driving to the basket. People like Donovan Mitchell, Royce O'Neal, Mike Conley, Joe Ingles, these guys are really good at drives. They're really good at passing too. And with the loss of Bojan Bogdanovic, they're going to have to be doing very good in terms of scoring and passing the ball as they try to make up with the lost scoring from the loss of Bogdanovic. The same critiques and the same points that I talked about with Portland and the Spurs and the Pelicans in terms of driving to the basket, in terms of plugging up the paint, plugging up those driving lanes, that remains the same for this Utah team. The thing that Utah puts above the three other teams I just listed is the fact that they have Rudy Gobert waiting in the post, waiting for that offensive rebound if something were to miss or to pick up a foul if he tries to do the second chance points. 
The struggle that is going to be ever present now with the loss of Jaron is the loss of paint defense in terms of length, in terms of stopping drives, in terms of plugging up the paint, plugging up those driving lanes. So we are going to need to rely heavily on our bench unit and our other players to pick up the slack. A player that I was very high on before the suspension was Gorji Zhang, and it's been very disappointing, but very understandable on why he has not been playing during this bubble. But now with the lack of big depth, I feel like Gorji Zhang could regain some minutes and we can regain some length that we lose from Triple J as Gorji Zhang is very lengthy and very good at the three-point line just like Jaren. Obviously, we aren't going to be able to regain what we lost with Jaren, but I feel like Gorji Zhang would be a great replacement in the rest of these bubble games. And to segue away from drives into a bigger picture thing that I want to talk about is paint defense. Obviously with drives and paint defense, they kind of go hand in hand, but I want to elaborate more on the dynamic between Jonas and our bigs versus Rudy Gobert and their bigs and kind of what we need to focus on in terms of going against these great bigs. Obviously, Rudy Gobert is a two-time Defensive Player of the Year on his way to get nods for a third one, and he is obviously great at plugging up the paint, and he's going to be definitely a foil to Jonas in terms of his post-ups, in terms of his great hook shot and everything, and Rudy Gobert is going to really test Jonas. I feel like Jonas can still easily bully Gobert in the paint, in the post-up, but what Jonas is going to really have to focus on is the length of Rudy Gobert and how Rudy is going to be blocking his shots. Rudy Gobert is a very disciplined defensive player, obviously, but what we need to be making sure is that we aren't turning over the ball, we aren't making shots when we could easily be dishing out to other people. We just need to be making sure that this defensive player of the year is not making the best of us in terms of our great paint offense. This is a great chance to bring up the fouling that we kind of lost, but we should be able to redeem in this game is when Rudy Gobert is putting his hands up. Maybe we try to draw easy fouls. We also need to be making sure that when Rudy Gobert is setting up a defensive position that we aren't getting the charges and stuff. We need to be making sure that we're very disciplined when doing our own drives or being in the paint ourselves and just to be making sure that this great Utah team isn't getting the best of us in the paint where that is our specialty. And a thing that will combat kind of this paint defense and kind of combat this just great Utah defense is the segue into the next point that I want to talk about, which is playmaking and ball movement. We need to be making sure that the ball is quick out of our hands. We need to be making sure that we aren't turning over the ball, but making sure that we are dishing it out to open guys and stuff, which is something that we did really good in the previous game. We just need to be making sure that we are making the shots and not missing wide open threes. But playmaking is a thing that we have been doing really well in this game. Obviously, Dylan Brooks needs to work on that little. I'm sorry I'm picking on him so much, but with that Spurs ending, it's kind of hard to not think about the mistakes that he makes and how that affects our team dynamic. But like I said, when Dylan Brooks is great, we are great. But when Dylan Brooks is passing great, that makes us even better. So we just need to make sure that we are having great team assist efforts with everyone playing some unselfish basketball. And on the other hand, we need to be making sure that this Utah team isn't getting the best of us with the loss of Bogdanovich Donovan Mitchell has been quoted with saying how he and others are going to have to pick up the slack from Bogdanovich especially in the playmaking aspect from Mitchell and so we need to be making sure that those passing lanes we are plugging those up making potential steals because they are going to be passing over the ball and they're going to be passing it very well so we need to be making sure like I said with that Portland game that we are quick on our feet we aren't letting it get to the best of us and just to be aware of where the ball is at all times 
So yeah, those are my thoughts on Utah. Obviously, this is going to be a very interesting game, to say the least, with obviously the loss of Bogdanovich on their side, which they've been doing okay regardless. But then really on the Grizzlies side with the potential loss of Tyus in this next game, but then obviously the gigantic loss of Jaron Jackson Jr. We hope that you get better, Jaron, have a speedy recovery. Like I said, with Justice, with everyone healthy next season, we are going to be scary. We're going to be team to beat next year. But yeah, this is going to be a very interesting game. This game, I feel like, is going to be quote-unquote the most winnable out of the next five games this is going to be the game that if there was a team to beat if there was a game to win this would be it because every team after this is going to be harder in order to stay in playoff contention we're going to still need to win at least one or two of these seeding games to at least stay in the ninth seed if not the eighth seed so we simply just need to be winning more games and though this is not guaranteed, and that's why I didn't include that when I said that the Utah game is going to be probably the most winnable game of this bubble restart, is the fact that the Bucks recently just clinched the number one seed in the Eastern Conference. And as a result, the Bucks versus the Nets game that just happened earlier the day I'm recording this, the Nets won against the Bucks because the Bucks benched Giannis and Chris Middleton completely in the second half, and they only played 15 minutes that game. If the Grizzlies aren't going to be going against a full Bucks team, we have a good chance of beating them because they're probably not going to be playing their best players. Obviously, we just need to take it one game at a time, but if we win one or two games, we might still be in it because in the end, even though we've lost a bunch of games, we're still one or two games ahead of that ninth seed. So yeah, those are kind of my thoughts on this Utah game. Obviously, it's going to be very interesting to say the least with the loss of Jaron. Who knows how we're actually going to do because to be fair, we weren't playing amazing in these first few games of the restart, but it's definitely going to be interesting to see what lineups we play, how the Grizzlies are going to look without Jaron. Will Brandon start? Who's going to pick up the minutes? Like I said, I hope it's Gorgie Zhang because he has great length and size and athleticism and he has a great shot, but that's just kind of me. We'll see what Taylor Jenkins does. But yeah, thank you y'all for listening to the Airballers podcast. My name's Davis. If y'all want to leave a five-star rating on Apple podcast or listen on Spotify, that's very much appreciated. And y'all have a good one.